Welcome to the Detail Solutions Podcast. My name is Alex Russell, and I'm going to be your host. Tonight, we have somebody I'm really excited to talk to. Um, uh, this guy is pretty badass. Uh, says what he wants to say. No holds barred. Doesn't really care what anybody thinks. Um, we are going to be talking to Billy Bogus from American Detail Garage. So stay tuned. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Alex? Good, man. So, welcome to the Detail Solutions Podcast. For everybody listening, Mr. Billy Vogus, American Detail Garage. Glad to have you on. I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for the invite. Yes, sir. Um, so, pretty much the way I start with all the podcasts, um, if you haven't got a chance to listen to them yet, is... Um, introduction man you know how did you get into this how long have you been doing this all the fun stuff that everybody just wants to know all right well how did i get myself into this mess and when did it start (laughs) well i mean really it started at a young age um doing my parents cars you know uh, i might get ten dollars here i might get a clean some cars so i can get some fireworks for fourth of july but as far as paid gigs i really happened i was in the marine corps you know, me and a buddy of mine would press out camis and, and get stuff ready for inspections for people. Uh-huh. And then uh, aside of that, we were, you know, washing cars and waxing cars. And I mean, just kind of always had a knack for just, you know, a finer edge, a sharper edge. And then it continued on. When I left the military, you know, came home and wanted something to do. I tried the factory thing out and it didn't, that didn't work well for obvious reasons. Right. So took a job uh, washing cars at a car dealership and it just kind of went from there. <laughs> Really, I mean, you know, the, sh- the short story, depending on which story you want, but that's, that's how yeah. it kind of started. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I mean, you can tell as long as you want. We, we got about 45 minutes, so um, <laughs> we might have time to fill. <laughs> um, now, hang on, because I want to ask you this, this, and this isn't in my questions, but um, so I remember, and I'm curious about this, so that's why I'm going to ask this. Um, I remember watching one of your live videos where you were a door-to-door vacuum salesman. Yeah. I did that too. <laughs> yeah. How was that? That was fun. And to say door-to-door, it's a little bit misleading. That's pretty much what we, we call it. But so we had a, a marketing department in there and they would, you know, make phone calls. And that was back before 9 11 No, it was right, right after 9-11, wasn't it? Okay. Right around, right around 9-11. Yeah. It was after 9-11, obviously. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was 2001, 2002, I think is when it was. Um, when you could still call people's homes, you know, and they didn't think weird stuff and it, it's not like it is today. So they would call right. and they would basically give them a pitch and offer like a free gift or whatever. And it was usually a cheesy gift just to get you in the door. So they, they you know, they set the appointments. You drive out to these appointments in your car with this bag full of filters and vacuum and all this stuff. And you get out there and you break the ice with the people, get in the door. And then you, you basically have a three hour demonstration where you talk about you know, dust mites and, and how filthy the air is and all this other stuff. And you do a demo and then you close, you know, it was commission based only. So you had to close them at the end of it and, and ultimately right. try to sell the machine. So it was an $8,000 machine. Holy smokes. Um, yeah, it was fun. And then I went into management there and went into, for management, went into training people. Nice. And, you know, that's, where, I guess, the connection with people. And I like teaching and, and fundamentals, man. Sales is not hard. A lot of people would come in there and like, well, I don't like sales. I'm like, that's great because we're not here to sell people anything, right? Right. <laughs> we're, we're here just to show you, you know, a demonstration and, and, and just the way the thing goes. It never puts you in a position where you feel like you're hard closing somebody. Right. You know, to the most people. I mean, obviously, that's up to you. If you want to earn more and you get tired of being told no, you start learning how to hard close people. But yeah, I, I did some of that too. Yeah. Nice, man. Um, so obviously, you know, American Detailer Garage and everything, my questions for you are really going to, um, and not all of them, but. I got a few because I'm curious. So like how, like, you know, how did you start making the chemicals? Like what got you into like, you know, just, I'm going to start making my own chemicals. I got sick of Facebook groups, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I was, uh, you know, I, I was kind of like one of those guys that was doing the, you know, the real thing. You know, I've been around the shops and the production shops and, 
done a lot of things in the detailing industry and I'm like doing my thing. And every now and then I get free time. I go online, I look at some of these Facebook groups. I'm like, man, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. These guys are clowns. And right. And then I would see how they would treat other people. So in, in 2015, December 20th, 2015, I started a Facebook group called American Detailer. Right. And in that group, I still, you know, in my group, I can do what I want to. And I started showing guys just common sense ways of detailing cars. And a lot of people really gravitated to the simplicity of it all. Instead of trying to overcomplicate things and make myself look like I'm some genius. If you're a genius, you wouldn't be washing fucking cars. You know, you operating on brains. Right. But, you know, that's, that, that was what was going on at the time. So I was just showing con- common sense ways of, of detailing cars, getting results. And, um, and I, you know, along the way, I had several people reach out to me and say, hey, man, you need to, you know, start your own chemical line. And I thought it was just too cheap, you know, too cheap, not price-wise, just too cheap of a thing to do. And that's not the right. reason I got into it. And I even had prominent people in the industry reach out to me and said, dude, what you need to do is launch a product line. And my answer to them really was, you know, well, why would I launch my own product line when there are so many products out there now that work great? You know, why don't I just try to, and sometimes you look back in hindsight and you're like, well, hell, if I'd have just stuck to it, I could have got a lot of these companies to pay me (laughs) to, to, you know, to do a lot of stuff for them. I'd have been a hell of a lot easier. Right. Right. Uh, But, but, but ultimately, uh, you know, a friend of mine, uh, I was talking with, he's like, man, you need to create your own product line. I had heard this for about two years. And I had some ideas and, and there are some things I don't really want to go into just for obvious reasons. I'll tell you one-on-one. Um, but there was a series of events that happened in the industry, products that got discontinued and whatever. It opened a hole for exactly okay. what I wanted, for exactly what I wanted. So right. never really was interested in relabeling a bunch of stuff and, and just you know making a product with my name on the same shit, just different label. Right. So when those uh, things happen i said series of unfortunate circumstances perhaps they're more of a fortunate circumstance for me than an unfortunate we started right. going to the kitchen you know got the hook up with the blender and we started talking about things and i was like you know I, I don't really want what everybody else has you know i, I could come out there with a quick detail and tire dressing and all these cheesy things i really wanted something that i believed in something i could build a story around and a process around and so that's where f-bomb and wipeout first came from is, okay. is, is from that concept and it was something different that wasn't out there yeah other companies have rinseless washes but the technology that we put into ours um, i was quite satisfied with it's not just you know your run of the mill somebody's got one so i'll take it and put my label on it right so so listen chemicals are kind of like talk radio right if you ever listen to talk radio yeah you get what one show ends the next one comes on it's it's the same regurgitated stuff just a different person exactly and some people will say, well, it's the same regurgitated stuff. And then the person defending the argument would be like, well, but you haven't heard my version yet. And so uh, to, to, to a point, I kind of agree with that. You know, I don't, I don't want to make the exact same product somebody else has. But, yeah, other people have rinseless washes, but you haven't tried mine yet. Right, right. You know, we're not just a company that just throws stuff in a bottle and says, well, now, now here's a product. There's actual, there's a reason we made it the way we did and, and years and years of experience behind that product. And. That's why I can tell people, this is why I recommend Wipeout, and this is how you use it, and F-bomb, such and such. It's why it's different, and this is why I recommend it. So that's the uh, kind of the short story how that you know how all that started. Right. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier on the outside, you know, looking in than it is on the inside looking out, because I'm screaming, help me. And you guys are like, how oh. do you do that? And I'm like, <laughs> get me the hell out of here. Right. I'm sure of it. Um, so kind of my next question you, you kind of touched on a little bit was, you, is... You know, so how does how does it work as far as, you know, you going to the to the chemist and everything like that? I mean, did you um, did you say like, OK, well, I want to make a rinseless and I want to make a, a badass, you know, multi-purpose, all purpose, you know, whatever you want to call it. Bomb. Everybody kind of calls it a different thing. Um, yeah. Or, you know, were you just kind of talking and they were like, hey, you know, we could do this and we could do that you know, and, and for you to say, okay, well, yeah, because I kind of want to do that anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So it, it, it kind of went like this. I'm like, you know, I, I wanted to make a rinseless wash, a rinse-free wash. And they keep referring to it as a waterless wash. I don't know how it gets misconstrued and everybody calls it a waterless wash. They're like, okay, yeah. well, we'll make something up. And basically the way it goes, they make something up. They'll send me a bottle of it. I'll test it. And I'll tell them, you know, my feedback. Like, okay, well, you know, hey, we got your waterless wash ready. And I'm like, it's rinseless wash. You know? <laughs> so they, they sent it to me and it's just, it's junk. It's junk. Right. And I'm like, well, and I'm like, well, maybe, maybe this isn't the right 
thing to do, you know? And they're like, well, what is it that you're looking for? And really I had to spell it because they're freaking chemist. They're chemists. Right. They're not detailers. They're chemists. Right. Exactly. So you had, you had to break down to them, you know, they know they're just like the average person that buys a product off the shelf. They, they just think they don't know the difference between a rinseless wash or waterless wash. They just understand chemistry and polymer and surfactant. They understand that. Right. So I start talking to them kind of like in the chemistry terms of what I'm looking for. And they put together another product. It's a rinse-free product. And I liked it, did well. And originally we wanted a product that just had zero um, polymer, zero protectants, you know, in it. And a lot of people don't know this. I've said it at a time or two. I don't know if guys have listened. But so uh, we, we came to the table with it. it and, you know, it performed well, cleaned really well, but it wasn't very good on glass. And so I, I'm banging my head against the wall at this point. And I'm like, you know, and they're like, well, we can pull us this surfactant out, this cleaner out. And then let's let's try that same product. They pulled they pulled the, the surfactant out of it, sent me the uh-huh. rinseless. And that was almost the formulation of wipeout you see now. The extract they pulled out of it is what F-bomb came. Oh, okay. So actually, F-bomb is a byproduct of the original formula of wipeout. We just took we took that cleaner out, and then right. built around it to create to create an all-purpose cleaner. So that's the story of how that got started, really by oh, accident. Okay. Right. So so then technically, kind of maybe somewhat bastardized. Noxie's Bizzle Shizzle is kind of a original formulation of that then? <laughs> not really, not really, really, because we did make a couple more tweaks to wipe out. Okay. And then we we made, we had to build, we took that surfactant of Epom and built around that too. Gotcha. So gotcha. Okay. it's, it's yeah, I mean, as a matter of fact, if you mix the Bizzle mix, it's actually more friendly than that sample of wipeout that we had that we took up bomb out of no kidding so bizzle oh, okay. actually works better than that than that original than, than that sample did when we took the extract out oh nice so bizzle's actually a better product oh okay um while we're talking about that again it's really i don't have it, some of these questions just kind of come up as they go um any plans because i know i've seen i think i've seen some people ask before any plans to actually make a product for Bizzle, you know, already mixed, ready to go. Yeah. So nobody has to do it. Or Actually, I've been thinking a lot about that. As a matter of fact, this week I've been thinking, I already have a name for it. We're going to call it the Devil's Cut. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, actually, that is something I want to do. Well, when you called me earlier and asked me, I told you I had to go inside and clean my hands. Yeah. I was actually cleaning the front of this truck with the Bizzle, you know. Oh, nice. The, the grill area and all that because it just – you get the, the best of both worlds. Somebody say, well, you know, well, if I have F-bomb, that should work. Well, it's just really, I think the guys that have used Bezel as a product would, you know, say that it actually brings the best of both products out. It really does. Right. It so, does. yeah, that's definitely something I'm, I'm interested in doing. I've talked to Noxie a little bit about it. Um, but, yeah, that's something I'm thinking really hard about. You know, I do that. Some guys are going to come out and be like, well, all you got to do is mix this. And obviously, but there's some people that don't want to mix it. That's That's the broader thing that we've. Learn as product manufacturers. I've I've got my hand raised over here because I would much rather just pour it out of a gallon jug than sit there and monkey around with mixing it and then going pouring water in it. I am that lazy, so to speak. Um, I am too. You know, and 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 again, again, you know, it's it comes down to a time thing, especially with detailers. I mean, when you got to stop and take, you know, five minutes or whatever to mix up a chemical and, you know, and pour it into a bottle. And, you know, some guys may just mix gallons of it. I don't, I mix it as I need it kind of thing because um, I use that for like when I'm doing my maintenance washes and I'm cleaning wheels that aren't super dirty, you know, I'm just hitting the faces or I use it to wipe out door jams. Um, you know, I'll, I'll hit windows with it. Um, you know, little things like that. Um, kind of deal so I just make a bottle of it you know as I need um, and it and it lasts me you know a pretty decent amount of time but still you know take five minutes to mix this stuff up it's still five minutes you could be working um, kind of deal so no that's awesome Um, that kind of falls into any any plans to add product to the line so I guess if you're (laughs) you kind of answered that one yeah we will we will Um, all right now just kind of stay on on that um question um 
as far as adding product, do you ever think you'll get into like a compound polish, wax, sealant kind of deal? Or you just stay kind of, you know, the, the, the bread and butter of what's, you know, ADG is about, you know, the, the washes and the cleaners and the, um, well, you have a uh, Valor, which is kind of like a, um, a quick detailer, right? So that's kind of sealant-ish yeah it's, it's a spray sealant yeah no, it's a synthetic yeah. polymer it's a spray sealant it's a, it's a really good right. one too uh, compounds and polishes you know i have a whole whole slew of them out there of uh, samples we've taken in and work with different manufacturers and you know there's two sides to look at that you know one one side of it i'm like you know i'd like to have a compound polish um just to fill out the line right for to fill out the line but when it comes to the business decisions of it, it it's not always the best decision that stuff is extremely right. expensive when you yeah. have distributors, so let me let me let me say something here that a lot of people wouldn't realize that. So if I if I had American Detailer Garage and I was the sole distributor of my product, the sole meaning I didn't have distributors, right? Right. We got six in the United States right now with six U.S. distributors, major distributors. Um, so whenever we make a product, they have to be able to buy in at a discount, right? Bulk discount. That way they exactly. have margin to resell. Well, when it comes to like your tire dressings, your polishes, compounds. There's not a lot of margin to give in there. So it's going to be hard for distributors to take that product on when there's not a a big incentive for them to resell it. That being said, not every product we make has to go to a distributor, right? Right. So we, you know, kind of give them the option. Hey, this is a product we're going to release. This is where we're at. But I mean, I mean, it's some of them that we've run numbers on with so much that if I gave my distributors their discount, I would make zero profit on it. Not that I would make a dollar on it. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's something we pondered you know and talked a lot about and played with and we had a you know a really really good one here a while back uh what like a, a year ago shock we were going to launch that it was a really awesome compound and it, it, things just didn't line up and it didn't work so ever since then i just kind of put it on the back burner so you never know man we we might do right. it if it makes sense but right now it seems like everybody's competing for that market so yeah just stick with stick with what's making you ADG. But you know, you you never watch a game. You never watch a game, like a basketball game, for instance, and and they say, well, you know, if they'd have had three or four more slam dunks, they'd have won the game. Everything always comes down to fundamentals. If they'd have made those free throws, they would have won the game. You know, free throws win the game. Slam dunks and all that looks real pretty on film, but free throws win the game. Basic fundamentals is what wins the game. Right, exactly. No, and that's a a good – you know, a good, good mindset to have with that. Um, so, so you, again, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. So American Detailer Garage for maybe some people who don't know came from American Detailer. So, and I know you probably have told this story many times, but you want to fill people in who maybe don't know like how the American Detail Facebook page or group or whatever started and then morphed into ADG. Yeah. I mean, you know, it really came from just, I was fed up with, uh, with other Facebook groups. I was involved with another individual um, who had a group, had a little product line and I was, you know, working with him and we had a great relationship there for a while. We're building a team and the guy just had way too much ego, just way, way too much ego and uh, egos don't work with me, man. You got to, you know, humble yourself at some point and, so we, uh, we had a falling out, and I was like, well, we already had established American Detailer, which is more or less just a place to do tips and tricks. Tips and tricks on how to, how to get results quick. Right. And uh, he, he found out about it, uh, got mad, kicked me out of his group. And, and then from that point, really, uh, American Detailer, American Detailer Garage, the Facebook group took on its own, you know, its own little thing there where I wanted to make it separate from everybody else. And, I mean, I threw challenges out there to people, like, you know, if you think I'm full of shit, you know, then step up. I mean, you know, toe to toe, really. I mean, this stuff works. It's common sense as far as techniques, you know, that I was doing at the time and showing people simple ways of making money. I live right, in right. rural rural America. You know, I live in a rural part of Kentucky and, you know, we don't do $3,000 correction and coding jobs out here. So how does a guy like me out there in Kansas or Oklahoma, Alabama make money? Uh, right. You know, our goal is to bring more people into the industry, not run them off with an ego. So that's really how... American detail of the Facebook got started. And then, like I said, you know, I had several people persuade me to launch a, a product line. They thought the brand would be perfect, but you know, I wasn't sold on it. And it wasn't until, like I said, a series of 
fortunate, unfortunate circumstances happen right. in the industry, and it just left it wide open for me to really go the way I wanted to go. So it wasn't anything that was planned. It was just kind of one of those where the gate opened and I walked through and, you know, and just, it's weird how things happen sometimes, isn't it? Right. Right. So where, where did, where did the idea of adding garage to it? I mean, why not, why not have just kept it American detailer? Man, I fought that, fought that and fought that and fought that. So here's the story. When, when I had American detailer, uh, the Facebook group, I never really thought about it as a business. Okay. Never thought about it as a business. So I had an individual that was part of the group at the time. He reached out to me. He's like, man, you need to get that domain, you know, the .com. I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe sometime, you know I mean? Right. It's okay right now. I'm not really looking to make a business out of it. It's just a Facebook page. And who else is going to come out with an American detailer? So as time would, would go on, um, I looked it up one day, the, the .com. It turns out that the guy that gave me that advice actually took the .com. Yeah. And I, I reached out to him. I'm like, hey, uh and I know you're the one that, that gave me the advice. So you have the dot com. You know what? I, I'm not sure what's up with that. I should be mad about it, but I'm not. You know, I'll go ahead and give you your 1349 or whatever it was that you paid for it. Right. Let me let me go on. And it was a big to do. You know, he was jer- jerking me around, yanking me around. And if, for those that were around back when those times went down, I mean, I called the guy out publicly. Several of us in the industry called him out. I had several of the, the industry leaders, you know, email him, message oh, wow. him. And the guy just was fixated on, you know, um, keeping it. In fact, he recently sold it for a thousand dollars. But um, so that's why I didn't do American Detailer. I was like, well, you know, okay. I'm making because I like the American Detailer. I liked it, and right. we might we might bring it back. You know, we might bring it back in a different format at some point, maybe an apparel line, right? You know, or something like that. But yeah, that's why I was like, well, okay, instead of fighting this guy or giving what he wants, I'll just make American Detailer Garage and I'll make it big enough that if you come out there and try to make something with the American detailer name, then, you know, you're not going to do it in this industry. Right. Right. Exactly. No, that's cool. Cause that's, that's one thing I think. And, you know, a lot of the things I've seen you post or videos and stuff, you know, in the last two years, really that I've been kind of in these groups to, you know, meet you, you guys, you know, kind of, um, I don't think I've ever heard that before. That's, that's why I was kind of curious about it. Um, and in trenches. So I did, I did read your post the other day, but maybe for people who didn't or people don't know, you want to elaborate how you took trenches. Cause I know everybody's like, Oh man, sure. the trenches were in the trenches, but you know, like you kind of really have, I mean, I think I, I think I had new trenches before I even knew you or American Detailer Garage when I first started like creeping around in the, uh, you know, the Facebook detailer groups and stuff like that. I always saw trenches and people wearing the shirts and the hoodies and stuff. Probably, like I said, before I even knew who you were or knew Amer- knew about ADG. So, um, you want to tell a story about that, or do you have a story yeah, for it? Yeah, I do. I do. It's funny you mentioned that. I was walking down the street in Vegas uh SEMA 2018 and it was after hours i mean it was late and i'm walking down the street and this guy comes up he's like hey what's up belly I'm like what's up he's like man i saw the trenches shirt and, you know <laughs> when to come up and talk to you i'm like cool so trenches almost became like you know a brand in itself really if you think about it right the trenches really comes down to a, a lot of things man um you know I, I have a heart for service and a willingness to help people in this industry because you know, coming up, there was no Facebook or any of that stuff when we were coming up. And there were so many things I did wrong, man, like spending too much time in the shop and away from my family. And, you know, some guys think it's cool. You know, oh, I spent, you know, 20 hours in the shop or whatever. And, and I get it. And everybody yeah. has their own reasons for that. But a long term, that's a terrible goal. It's a terrible goal. Right. You know, you got to kind of diversify that up. But so, uh, you know, I was driving a truck hauling mail at the time, driving an 18 wheeler hauling mail. And I was going to Chicago, you know, I'd go like I'd run, have a day off, run, have a day off. And right. I took on the Blue Ribbon Motors account here. And so we were turning cars. I mean, it was nothing to do eight to 12 cars a week here. And then I'd run Chicago, you know, come home. So a typical day like that would be I'd get up, you know, probably like 10 o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning. And I'd come out to my shop and I would detail cars. And then my wife would get home about five o'clock. Uh, I'd close the shop down. We would eat a quick dinner. I'd take a shower. I'd leave here about 6, 6.30. And I would head to Chicago. I'd get up there around midnight. 
and uh, I had to wait. It was like, t- I think, 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. So I'd get up there, wait a couple of hours, and I'm back in the dock, unload the mail. Then I would sit there for like three hours, I think, is what it was, to reload the mail. But anyway, I didn't get back home until like noon, 1 o'clock the next day. Oh, wow. And I'd go right back into the shop. And believe me, there were times I came home and I would lay down to try to take a nap and they would call me. Hey, do you have this car done? You know, I'd have just, and I'll, <laughs> I'll post the pictures up in the group here soon, but I've got pictures of just cars, rows of cars out here in the driveway. And that's how it was. And, and every other day was that, was that way, you know, get up in the morning, detail cars till I got to leave. I drive to Chicago, drive all night, go up there, take a nap in the dock, reload, come back and go right back to detailing. You know, I think it was like 34 hours nonstop. Wow. To do it. And then uh, that's where I started coming up with the trenches. And then on top of that, I would do mobile stuff. Like uh, there's a uh, marina know, about an hour, hour and a half away from me. And wow. there was this one guy that had a pontoon. I'd you know pull my mobile trailer up there and I'd take my generator and everything because it's in a storage building. And it was hot, man. And I was just wore out. And, and that's when I decided it was like that day. I'm like, you know, if I ever get an opportunity, I'm going to I'm gonna make this trenches thing a thing, put it on the shirt or something, because that's what it is. Right. And a lot of guys can relate to that. And that's just what it is, man. It, it's it's not an easy road. Yeah. And that's where it came yeah. from. No, that's that's badass, man. I, I you know, I, I get it. I, I don't feel that I'm in the trenches as much anymore because I've made that decision that family time is a little more important. So as long as I'm making a little bit of bread at the shop and keeping the boss happy, then I'm good. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. man. I cut, I cut, I cut out when I want to cut out kind of deal. Um, but no, no, but I, I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, the, there was, you know, my, my career of managing car washes and working 60 plus hours a week and not being around, you know, um, the, the family and everything. Um, so I totally get that. Um, so you're you're a very like tell it as it is type person no holds barred especially when you do your live videos you know you're always like you know warning 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 shit's gonna get real (laughs) kind of deal um compared to a lot of other uh like company guys man you are not the same do you ever feel like that works for you better or against you in this industry? Because I know, you know, when you think of a lot of the other, you know, companies, they're so PC and, you know, gotta have this, you know, image on social media, you know, and then here comes big bad Billy, like y'all want to listen to some shit, you know, I'm going to tell you like it is. (laughs) kind of deal. Yo, before I would have told you, you know, that's just the way it is. I create my own brand, do what I want to do, and I do it how I want to do it. And I still do. But yeah. as you become more wise in business, you know, there, I think you can have both. I'm never going to do the PC thing. You know, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if this is a PG podcast or, or what, but you know, uh, if I think I mean, it's, it is and it is. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, if somebody's I a butthole, really I'm going to call it. you a butthole, you know. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna, if, if somebody's just full of crap, then you're just full of crap. And, and so, there's two sides of that really is, you know, I have a lot of people that reach out and, and I mentor, you know, in the industry. Uh-huh. And and if you ask me a question about somebody, I'm going to give you my honest opinion about them. Right. You know, and, and man, I don't care who tells anybody what or whatever. It's just my opinion. I'm an expert on my opinion, but, but I think, uh, does it work for us? I think being non PC and just being real with people, you know, uh, creates its own demand, its own following. People appreciate that because they're so tired of being marketed to and lied to. Right. But at the same time, I realize, you know, there's going to come a time and when we're somewhere. And obviously, if I'm doing an event or a local car show, I'm not that person. You know, I'm more of a helpful talk to my yes, ma'am, yes, sir, right. and all of that. So I think I think it's a delicate balance. But, I mean, I think if you're not that, you're not really being you. And the cool thing right. is, alongside that, there's been many a times I thought during the course of building ADG that it'd be cool to just, you know, what if I could just work for one of these cool companies and I wouldn't have to deal with the headaches and everything of building my own. But then again, then you got to follow somebody else's rules. You yeah, know, I really, exactly. I really like following my own rules. And, and I think that if you treat people fair, you deliver a good product, a good result, people, you know, they want to hear, that's what they want to hear. So the cool thing about being the boss is you can do whatever you want to do. 
the sucky yep. thing about being the boss, you got to answer for those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, that, that is true. Um, you know, I mean, that's kind of how I look at it with, you know, sometimes I want to tell clients how I really feel, but you know, you got to kind of suck it up and be the nice guy, customer service and all that, that fun stuff. Um, all right. So we're done with ADG. Let's talk about snakes. You're the snakes. Snake. Everybody knows you have snakes. When did you first start collecting snakes or when, when did you, when was your first, you know, pet snake? Oh, um, if you want to call them pets, I don't, I don't know. That's, you know, snakes aren't like dogs or cats or whatever, I guess. But when, when did you get your first snake and, and what was it? Uh, my first snake was a garter snake. I was probably 17, probably 17 years old. I've always been, uh, I've always liked them. My uncle had a, a big boa uh-huh. when I was younger. And uh, they're, they're not what people think they are. You know, everybody thinks they're, yeah. they're like trying to chase people around and bite them. And that's not, that's not the case at all. <laughs> so uh, first snake was a garter snake. Second snake, I got a king snake. I caught him. And uh, this is part of learning about snakes. I'm like, cool. Now I have two snakes. I put my king snake in with my garter snake and the king snake ate my garter snake. King snakes eat yep. other snakes. And that's how I learned yep. it the hard way. <laughs> then, uh, man, so, <laughs> oh, no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, then I got a boa. I got a boa constrictor one time, and uh, I was living at home. You know, my, my dad and, and my stepmom and people who know uh, know the story know the story. We just never had much of a relationship, so I wasn't allowed to do anything or have anything. Well, you know, Billy does what Billy does, so I went and got me a boa constrictor, and I had him in a in a cage, you know, beside my bed up against the wall, and I'd throw my blankets over and cover it and hide it so, you know, nobody would find out. One day I was out, my stepmom found it and called the local pet store and uh, – I got in trouble there, you know, quite a bit of trouble over that. And the pet store wouldn't deal with me anymore. And, you know, I was a responsible pet owner type deal. But then after that, I mean, I've had uh, Burmese pythons. I've had other boas. I've had, I've always kind of had snakes, took a break from it for, you know, 15 years or whatever. And recently got back into it a year or so ago. But so I think I'm going to, uh, go ahead. How, how many, how many snakes do you have now? Currently today I have 16. 16 snakes what's your what's your favorite species of snake that you have uh man you know it's like asking which kid's your favorite kid they're favorite. all <laughs> they're all their own like my, my emerald tree boa which he's down there looking at me right now he's hanging from his tree snakes are a different type of snake altogether, right so i've got the green the emerald tree boa i've got uh-huh. an amazon tree boa i got my tree snakes they have their own personalities. They like to stay up high and they can have a completely different demeanor than your terrestrial snake. So uh, usually boa constrictors are my favorite, but I just got a, a baby Burmese python and, and, you know, they'll grow 15, 20 feet long and yeah. they are, uh, they are a lot more active. You know, they're, they're almost like having a dog. They'll crawl over you and they're very interested in things. When you come in the room, they watch you. So I don't know that I have a definitive favorite, uh, but I mean, Traditionally, I like the boa constrictors. They're pretty chill, laid-back animals. Now, do you have any of them that are big now, or? Yeah, I've got a uh, yeah, I got a hypo red-tail boa. She's six, six and a half feet. She's a pretty big girl. I've got an albino. He's about like that, five and a half, six feet. Those are my two biggest ones right now, wow. and two of my most chillest ones. Any poisonous ones, or you stay away from the poison ones? Poisonous venomous. Ones. Uh, yeah, venomous, I don't have any venomous. venomous. Yeah. I would like to get into venomous. I like them a lot. State of Kentucky, you can't have them. You know, it's illegal oh. to have them. But, oh, I think it'd be kind of cool to have a, a rattlesnake or a cobra. I really, you know, Alex, uh, I get stressed out. Life gets the best of me. I just come in the snake room, and I'll, there's always something to do. Right? It's like having a farm, and I'll just interact with right. these guys, clean their cages. And it, it's a peaceful, just a a piece it brings upon you because you got to watch them you know and you understand the way they work you're watching them do what they do and interacting with them and it's man and beast you know having a mutual respect for one another and i think that right. that's the most soothing part about it i think venomous would make that even cooler but none to speak of right right have you ever been bit by venomous or by mine no by yours Oh yeah, yeah. Or or by venomous. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I've been bit. i bit by a venomous. Uh, my Amazon tree boa has bit me uh, so many times. I don't even. I can't even count. Um, oh, wow. I've got uh, two of my tree snakes have bit me. 
one of my boas bit me. Usually it's my fault. Uh, one of my boas, my smaller boas bit me. And then last week I was opening my bin racks, the little tubs, and one of my ball pythons reached out and bit the hell out of my thumb. Ouch. But that's just, they're mistaking me for food. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. snakes. That's snakes true. have they have two responses. It's either a feeding response or a defensive response, and it's like like a like a three way switch. Am I being fed? Am I being attacked? And I'm cool. So when you yeah. first approach them, you know they have, you know they have to figure out it's not food and I'm not being attacked. And once they turn those switches off, then they're cool. Right. You know, a lot of times you first pull them out and they're kind of like tongues going. You know, they're that's how they sense things with their tongue. And, yeah. and and after about a minute, you can even see their demeanor completely change. They realize I'm I'm not being attacked and I'm not being fed. So weird tree has me because to them you're just a weird tree. They can climb on you. Right. Like a weird right. weird tree exactly. has me. They're pretty simple <laughs> weird, animals. Weird tree. <laughs> weird tree. Cool. Yeah. Um. So I know you always talk about uh you like to go out to the gun range. So is that you have that on your property? You have a you have a. You I have do. A tree? I mean, so do you, do you have like a big giant hill you shoot into or you sh- shoot into the woods or? Yeah, you, I, we have, uh, <laughs> yeah, we have, um, I don't really have a dirt mount, a backstop per se, but I mean, there's, there's my property and there's a huge field and then there's acres and acres and acres and acres and acres of trees. And then there's a hill and then the neighbor oh. on the other road, like if you looked at my house from like a satellite view or whatever, it's, it's just. I mean, it would take a hell of a gun to make. Yeah, it's it's yeah. There's so many trees in the way, but I always notify my neighbor back there just in case he's in the woods, right? Make sure he's not in the woods. Right. Yeah. So I'll notify him if I'm going to open up, you know, and he'll be like, "Oh man, fire away," and range goes hot. And then you know, nice. when I'm done, I'll be like, "You know, I'm clear." But yeah, we have the range right here at our house. Oh, that's cool. How often do you you just shoot whenever you want to, or do you like say like I'm going to make this a gun day and load everything up and take it out there and shoot or yeah it uh it, it depends so there you know just like the snakes are shooting to me as a stress reliever like right. you know business and life you're going 100 mile an hour then all of a sudden you're staring down three dots and trying to hit a, an object 20 you know 20 20 uh let's say 20 miles away it'd be a bad son of a bitch when you <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20, right. 20, 20 yards away and th- <laughs> so there's a calm and unless you're calm and completely focused on that you're not gonna be very successful in your shot Right, but uh, I, I try to make time to shoot. You believe it or not, sometimes I just can't find time. There's times that days that go by, and I tell Beth, I'm like, man, I really wanted to shoot today. I want to shoot, and it just depends on how the day goes. But then and there are certain days where I'll set out in the morning, set my stuff out. Okay, today's gonna be a gun day. I'm gonna go shoot. Yeah. And now with the right now, there's an ammo shortage with the world in freaking chaos, or at least the United States. There's right. an ammo shortage, and, and we have plenty of it. Believe me, but. You know, it doesn't mean I want to go out there and shoot it all out because on a good yeah. range day, we might put down three, four, five hundred rounds. Oh, well, nice. Yeah. Um, and do you, I know you said, uh, I know you mentioned one time before your, your gun cabinet could easily buy fancy, <laughs> fancy cars. So um, what what type of guns do you, do you collect or use or whatever, or just kind of whatever floats your boat that day? Well, what yeah, I mean, it's with, with with my guns it's changed quite a bit but you know now it's uh, essentials if you will so i approach my approach to everything is just common sense and essentials is there a need for it yeah i got, I got a ton of 1911s uh is there a need for them not necessarily but to me a 1911 is like a watch or a grandfather wow. clock or you know everybody has their own nostalgic thing and right. then um you know we're kind of into the whole prep thing so you know by, everybody already knows, you know, I'm, I'm very proud, proud American, love my country. I think this is the greatest place on planet Earth. Right. And so between the detailing cars and all the great things that life has to offer, the essentials come down to defending the homeland. And some people listen to this podcast and be like, well, you know, he, he's kind of talking out there. And maybe maybe the last couple of months it's kind of revealed what, what could actually you know, potentially happen in this country. Yeah. So when everything gets locked down, shut down and, and chaos ensues. Um, I wanted to have, you know, whether it's my lifetime or my grandson's lifetime or my daughter's lifetime, have something to uh, to protect your home you know, and defend yourself with. Should it ever come to right. that? Hopefully it does not. But yeah, so first thing I did is I got rid of some of the eccentric stuff. Everything I have is NATO, you know, so 45, 9 millimeter, 308, 7.62, 30 caliber stuff. 
Um, a lot of that stuff. Got ARs, got an AK, um, several sniper rifles. Um, nice. You know, I got a MPX, uh, got an MPX Copperhead. Ton of pay. I got I got more than I really need, but again, I I right. cut everything back. I tell Beth I cut back to the basics, and she opens the gun safe and starts laughing. I'm like, really? <laughs> that's for the basics for like, a small army. That's like my my dad. My dad's like, I always need another gun, and I'm like, why? You got so many, you know? And he's like, ah, I just need another one. So my my mom tells him whenever he needs a new one, he's got to get rid of an old one. So then he's got to figure out which one ah. he doesn't he doesn't use anymore or need anymore to go get the new one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like women in shoes, brother, and I understand. Yeah, I get it. you know, best best got like a hundred pairs of shoes, and I'm like, how can you not figure out what to wear? You've got a hundred pairs of shoes, and I went to my gun safe, like, what do I want to shoot today? And she's like, what? Right. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but it is, it really is that way, especially when you start, you know, we're, we're not buying cheap stuff. It's, 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 it's nice stuff, right? It's quality stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. So like, so for instance, like, you know, on a day I might go shoot my SIG P320, you know, it's a, uh, it's a single action, you know, semi-automatic polymer pistol. Another day I might want to shoot a P229, which is a, uh, it's a steel gun. It's a single action, double action, you know, with a decocker, completely different gun. Same right. same cartridge, similar. If somebody looked at them, well, you know, one's polymer, one's steel, whatever. Very, very different and different, um, just different experience in shooting, just like the 1911. You know, I wouldn't carry a 1911 as a concealed carry, you know, self-defense gun. And, and some 1911 geek out there is going to be like, well, that's what I carry. No. Yeah. No. It, it's a fun range gun unless you've got a Wilson Combat or something, $4,000 1911. No, it's, it's not going to be uh, – you know, first of all, it holds, you know, eight and maybe nine rounds of 45. Well, Rick, you can get a concealed carry, you know, nine millimeter today that holds 17 rounds. Well, yeah. 17 beats eight every time. Right. But man, I'll tell you, Alex, like I, I carry my daily carry is a SIG 365. And I've got it in black and I've got it in the flat dark earth. Same exact gun. Why I had to have it in two different colors? I don't know. Why do women have pink shoes and green shoes and blue shoes and so your dad and I would probably get along yeah. real well. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably, because he loves he loves to go out to the range when he can, whenever mom lets him. I mean, he's got his, you know, stockpile of ammo, um, you know, so he can go out there and waste when he wants to. Um, but he's he's always carried uh, his his daily for man. I mean, shoot, I'm 47 now. As far back as I can remember, is 357 snub nose. Yeah, that's his, absolutely. That's that's he calls that Simon because Simon says you do. No. <laughs> is it a 686 or is it a GP Ruger? Uh, it's a Smith and Wesson. It's probably 686. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Simon yeah, says. I mean, Simon I, does say. Like I like I said, I'm 47, and as as far back as I can remember, he's had that gun. So. You know, he's, he's had it since oh. the mid seventies easily, um, you know, and, and, and always has it. So shit. Alex it's, shooting is like golf, but for men. Right. <laughs> good one. Well, we're coming up on 43 minutes. So usually I try to keep these things around 45. So um, I don't have any other questions, man. I was, I, you know, I really, Oh, that's have... okay. I'm sure this is better than King Noxie's <laughs> podcast anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, what? damn Noxie, I feel bad for him cause he keeps getting bumped, um, every week. Um, eventually one week we're going to have him on, um, maybe next week. Dude. I don't know if he, he doesn't get bumped. No, no, he just gets bumped. Um, he, you know, cooler people come up and he gets bumped. He's, it's not that he's busy. He gets bumped. Um, hey, you know what? You guys are gonna love that. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a really good friend of mine, right? Yeah, he's, he's super a good awesome dude. Too. Yeah, listen, me and Noxie, we have we have our Facebook relationship, and then we have our personal relationship, which is just about the same, only just a tad bit nicer on in in real life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hell of a hell of a good dude, and the unicorn he's got over with him. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I in fact i think uh i might actually try to get uh see if i can get woo on a podcast before i ever get noxy on a podcast just just to twist that knife a little bit more for him um yeah but billy man i i really appreciate this like i said man when i when i kind of had this crazy idea 
couple months ago and and you know first person i talked to about it was jason um just because him and i talk you know on a regular basis and and i really trust his you know his opinion on things and whatnot and he was like dude i think what you're wanting to do with it just kind of being a casual like get to know you know because there's kind of really isn't that in the industry and and you know um we're all so busy that you know even though i've met you a couple times and we've talked a few times and things like that and i'm you know you're you're pretty open about everything on facebook there's there's a lot of things that i felt like you know like hey you know like i want to learn a little bit more about about billy and so like everybody that i've done these with so far jason um being kind of the first one as a security blanket michael mccarthy vincent um gentile last week and now you um you know i feel like it's it, it was a cool idea you know like i didn't want to just slide into people's dms like hey man you know like i really want to be your friend and so like i had this idea for the podcast and um just being a super chill casual you know get to know each other versus only talking about the industry i mean obviously we do talk about the industry but um you know i try to make it not that um and thankfully everybody who's listened so far between the three podcasts um last count um we have probably about 120 listens between the three so far um so you know and everybody's telling me like dude this is something that there's not you know a lot of podcasts being done in the industry about i've had people tell me that um i forget who it was i think isaac Told, made a comment last week that you know he talks to Vincent Gentile on a regular basis and still learned things about Vincent in the podcast last week that he never knew. Um, so hopefully somebody who knows you maybe learned something when they listen to this podcast. And, and that's what I want. I just want to, you know, everybody, maybe we don't have time to get together and know each other. Um, and this is kind of the way to do it. So you were always part of the original five I, I told Jason like these are my five people I've got to talk to first and if it does fairly well then I'll figure out the next five but like <laughs> you know if it doesn't I'll go five and we'll be done with it um so you were always in my top five man so I'm, I'm glad that when I shot you that that message that um of course I didn't think that you would be too high and mighty you know to say no alex i don't have time for your little podcast (laughs) dude i think i think you did no i hope you do keep this up because i thought you did a really good job thanks did. i'm you know thank you good questions um and some of them your challenge made me think a little bit and i like that you know what's your favorite color you know (laughs) yeah 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 i mean i don't want to ask like what's your favorite compound you know i don't want to ask like what's your favorite car to do i mean some of the you know, like I did with, with Mike, you know, because he's, he's a, in the trenches detailer, you know, but you and Vincent are kind of, you know, you guys have got chemicals to sling and, and aren't necessarily detailing as much anymore. So there's no need to ask, you know, those types of questions, you know, the, the, the thought process was to kind of bring more attention to what you guys do and your chemicals and things like that. Um, so for everybody who maybe doesn't know, where can they get a hold of ADG? Where, where so obviously website, Facebook, Instagram, email, Snapchat, OnlyFans, whatever you got going on. Yeah, well, you can uh, you can you know check our website out, AmericanDetailerGarage.com. Email AmericanDetailerGarage LLC at gmail.com. You can you can PM me, you know, Billy Bogus. I'll be straight up with you, man. Um, answering Facebook private message. It's not if you know, like if you looked at my phone screen, Facebook or messaging is not even on my home screen. I gotta like wow. s- swipe and go find it, and then Messenger's not even on the same screen as Facebook because it blows up so much that you oh, know you, you got you got email, you got text, you got things you gotta do, and so private messaging um, is probably the slowest way for me to get back to you. I will. I'll get back to people. Don't yeah. call me on Messenger. I, I never answer. It's creepy as hell. <laughs> but uh, now, if you guys or anybody listening to the, the podcast are interested in our product, I mean, we've got several distributors. If I can plug them, Alex is a yes, you know, auto fiber, autofiber.com, uh, fivepointcarcare.com if you're a ceramic pro guy. We've got autoaldi.com. We've got thecleangarage.com, americandetailergarage.com, obviously, autogeek.net. 
and I'm actually working with them right now. We will be featured in the September newsletter for Auto Geek. Uh, nice. We're going to bring that bring F F bomb out. So thank you. So we're we're really excited about all that. And again, I mean, you guys, you know, shoot me a friend request on on Facebook if you know if I don't already know you. Typically, I'll um I'll make sure we have several mutual friends before I <laughs> accept. You know, yeah. but <laughs> that's almost another I'm, joke in itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, what's funny is, is, you know, it's kind of, you know, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of deal. To me, it's, it's seven degrees of, of Aaron Knox. I mean, if you're, if you're a Facebook friend of Aaron Knox, you're pretty much going to have some kind of, you know, with every detailer that ever, I mean, that's usually anybody who sends me a friend request and I kind of do the same thing, you know, like I look to see who were who we're mutual friends with first and Noxie's usually always in that one or two square. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll see, you'll see some of these guys will be like mutual friends and the same names pop up. Like they'll accept any friend request. If yeah. Abu Archerine, yeah. you know, sends me a, a, a friend request or whatever. And it looks like a fake account, but we have five right. mutual friends. It seems like those, all five of those people, like y'all need friends that bad. You just take everybody's friend request. So I've, yeah, I've got certain people I'll check for, but, Right. You know, if Noxie's on I there, and then you know, then I'm there. You're pretty good to go. Yeah, I got you. Um, all right, Billy. Well, man, I'm not going to keep you too much more tonight. You know, I go spend some time with with Beth and the family. I really appreciate you again doing this. Um, and uh, and I look forward to talking to you soon, man. I know we we chat back and forth a few times, especially when I've got questions. So for everybody listening, he he does answer pretty quickly even though he says he doesn't or maybe it's just me i don't know um but uh but yeah man um thanks for for being a part of this podcast and uh it'll drop sunday night um for everybody to listen to um and uh i hope it gets some good positive feedback so you have a good night sir and we'll chat at you soon thank you for your time brother it's an honor to be on the podcast if you need me again feel free to reach out anytime Yes, sir. You have a great night, Ben. Thanks, brother. Have a good night. Thanks, man. Bye. All right, everybody. So that was Billy Boggess with American Detailer Garage. We're super excited to have him on. Um, as always, Billy's just one of the greats, um, I think, in this industry. He tells it how it is, but uh, really down to earth um, and just super friendly. So as we kind of mentioned, um, you know, obviously Aaron Knox got bumped yet again. Um, for Billy, I think it was probably for the better. Um, so we will try, you know, fingers crossed, we'll try and get Aaron next week. Um, I know he's a busy guy, but, uh, we seem to be a little bit busier with this podcast deal. So you guys have a great week and we will see you next week for episode five. Thanks for listening. Bye.